Thank you for tuning in to Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Let the show begin. Hey, Chris. I'm really thrilled to have you on the podcast. This is the first time we're having this opportunity to talk together. So I'd like to get a better understanding of your personal background, where you're from, where did you grow up? Okay, well, my name is Christopher. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I was, I have to say, honestly, a, a bad guy. I grew up in the, in the mean streets of Cleveland. As I got older, got into sports, earned a football scholarship to a private school in Pennsylvania, and that's where I originally originally started um, wagering on on sports during that time. All right. So, what's the what's the betting scene in your region? How did you get into How did you get into it? Well, I'll be honest. One of one of my um, teammates' brothers ran a. a uh, um, he was a, a runner for a, a gambling person that was kind of heavy in the in the Pennsylvania area, and he brought it to my attention. And of course, I didn't want to do it until football season was over. So he got he kind of had a meeting with a lot of guys that was on the football team, and just said his brother had a business, and he wanted us to get um you know affiliated with it. So he told mm-hmm. us about sports gambling, and we all took to it and. And that was in 1988, and I haven't looked back since. Oh, wow. So you've got a lot of experience behind your back. (laughs) A lot of experience. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So with that, what sort of sports did you get in at the start? What sort of sports were you particularly interested in? Okay, well, I was, trust me, when I first started doing it, the only thing that I wanted to do was bet on bet on games that you can actually watch on television mm. and during that time you know after football season it was right in the basketball season so it's all basketball games college and professional basketball games yeah all right so very much into basketball but i'm, yes. I'm sure all the sports were sort of in the background as well because of the availability well actually i refrain from saying that obviously back in the days so you did not have that availability to watch every single match but i'm sure um whatever was on the tv you were keen to have your money on it exactly and at that time like i said it was right after football season so basketball was the only thing that was going on then and like i said that's in the the late 80s so basketball was heavy and we all you know gravitated to it because we can watch it on television Mm. i want to know a bit more about your personal journey in, in order to uh, find out how did you get there. So you've told us, um, you know, you had a mate who, who sort of got you into it. How did well, it take actually, off from there? Well, actually, my teammate turned out to be the runner. He would take all the bets from other people all on campus, and he would take them to his brother. So we never had a chance to actually meet the main guy. Uh-huh. We just deal with our teammate because he was the runner. Yeah. And, that, and that was fine because if we were short on something, we didn't have to worry about somebody looking for us. It was our teammate. So he worked with us if you if you lost. But if you won, he'll bring the money to you. And it was it was like clockwork. And that, wow. and that was my early introduction to it. I was like 21 years old. And it was it was and I, I, I loved it. I mean, I fell in love with it. And like I said, that was in Pennsylvania. And it was a whole different atmosphere once I left college and came back to Cleveland, Ohio. That's where <laughs> things really took off. All right. 
So there was this guy who was taking bets. And this actually brings me back to um, a story that um, I've heard from another Z coder, which is Butcher. He was telling me about how he himself used to run a bookie. And this was more, what of a um, what of, word of the mouth type of things. You know, you, you meet the physical person. You don't go online or you don't uh, go into a shop. You actually meet the person. You say, hey, I want to bet on, on this or bet on that. And you, you give them the money, obviously. And uh, that's that's how it used to be. Is this the, still the case in the US? Um, do you still uh, bet like this somehow? Or you've refrained from... <laughs> not at all. Not me personally, but I'm saying that's that's how it was in the in the late 80s. You definitely, that was the only way to do it. The new wave of doing things now is totally different. I mean, it's it, guys nowadays, they have no high idea the kind of stuff that we used to have to go through and actually place a wager and to get your money. Totally different. It's much easier now and, more, and much more safer. Dealing with the kind of people that, that was actually the head guys with sports investing and wagering, I mean, it was always, it, it could always be trouble because if you don't have the money, especially if you put a bet in, a large bet, you know you can cover it, but you think you're going to win it, the repercussions of you losing that, oh, you can, you can, it can be dangerous. You can seriously get hurt like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nowadays it's much more easy now than it was back in the day. And yeah, I listen to Butcher. He's, he's exactly right. And like I said, he, his, his, his upbringing was kind of like mine in, in, in the streets, in the street aspect as far as uh, sports wagering. So I, I understand that 100%. Yes, yes. So growing up, you've uh, transitioned from, you know, meeting the person and then placing bets like that to eventually getting to websites and so on. When did this transition sort of happen? And when did it first occur with you that this is the better way to place wagers? Or maybe oh, even honest. tell us about the story of how you progressed from placing the bets with your mate to, um, you know, all the way to what it is now. <laughs> I would love to do that. Now, after I graduated from college in 1988 and came back home to Ohio, um, and also, I, I mean, I, I landed a good job working with people with disabilities. But a friend of mine who was kind of like a street guy, he was always into finding ways to get money, always. So he brought the opportunity to me about betting on sports. And we had a large group of, of, of friends that, you know, were always into sports. So we found the guy that would take our bets because it would be him. And he would take it to the to the main guy as far as betting on sports. And that just opened up everything because we was doing baseball, basketball, football. I mean, year round, just gambling, gambling, gambling and gambling. And at that time, since I had a job, I can afford to lose money. It wasn't a problem, but it wasn't a connection. Like I didn't I didn't have a connection with someone that I can just constantly just put in a wager that I wanted to. And that was then that was a problem because you you have limitations when you deal with street bookies with people taking mm. your money to put bets. They they limit you on what games you can bet, how many games you can bet on, and the amount of money that you can place on the wager. And see, that's how it was in the like I said in the late eighties to early nineties. You had limitations, and then also in doing that. They had television like Jimmy the Greek is one of my all-time favorite people because not only did he win a lot, he dressed nice. He 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 he. I mean he 
you would think he was a millionaire because he always <laughs> knew about sports and he always dressed real nice. So you always think that people that won money off of gambling would always dress nice. And I always follow Jimmy the Greek. And he would always give his picks also on television, on games. So a lot of times the games that he said that he would that he wagered on, I would use that too and make money off of it. I would always look for opportunities to make money with gambling. Always. Because like I said, my, when my friend brought this to my, my attention about making money, extra money, I just said, hey, I'm going to try it. And I've been doing it ever since then, but on a, on a smaller scale after college. Because like I said, you can, they limit the amount of money you can, you can place on wagers. Yeah. But I, I, I fell in love with it and haven't looked back. And I've had some very, very bad experiences because as I got older and made money, that made me look at marketing people that was doing marketing on games and tell you how much they would win and all that kind of stuff. So I, by me making a lot of money, I got into that and I dealt with some of the big heavies in the gambling industry. Wayne Root, Stu Finer, Bobby Esposito. I had their numbers. I still have their numbers actually in my phone because I used to call these people directly for games. And that's when it got out of control because they were marvelous at marketing. I mean, marvelous, but they did not win. And to deal with them directly, you had to place at least a dime, $1,000 on your games. So I was doing that constantly. And one year, honestly, I lost $40,000 gambling, 40000 listening to those guys. Because when they win the game, they'll say, oh, my goodness, come on, double up. You end up putting 2000 or 3000 So it was always when they won a game for you, they would ask for more money in their pockets to get the next game. And I was so naive, I went for that because, like I said, I was younger and I wanted the money. But I lost $40,000 in one year gambling. And after that, it taught me a valuable lesson because I stopped listening to those guys and then just started looking at things myself. And that brings me to modern day to now. I just do my own information. Everything is available at the, on the computer. And you can learn that on your own instead of listening to those people from websites and stuff like that that just sell, want to sell you picks. They do that as a marketing strategy. They don't care if they win or not. It's just about marketing. So I was, a, I was naive and I learned from that mistake. I agree with you. There's a lot of people who try to take advantage of this. And it's always the, the question that you have to sort of ask yourself. If that person is offering picks for a thousand dollars, why don't they just place a wager themselves and become rich? Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, their market, their marketing strategy is remarkable at times, and these guys are smart at making money off of other people. Who, as you said, I mean, you were younger and naive, and I think oh. there is still a lot of people who are naive in general, and those are the sort of people who are being taken advantage of, sadly. Which Jake, you're me, right. You're right. Which um, makes a good transition for us to talk about Z-Code, because obviously you've, you went from paying these guys for picks and you, you had your own analysis, I presume, as well, to, I'm assuming right now, you were looking for a more strategic approach. You wanted to make money long-term. Maybe you've... Um, laid off sports betting for a while and you were thinking about um, your next step. How did you come about the Zico community and when was it roughly? I'm going to be honest with you. I came to Zico in November of 2019. 
and I'm going to tell you this, and this, this is a true story. One of the experts, because you know, well, maybe you don't know, in the United States, if you've ever used a service to get picks or to gamble, they have your name and number listed and the amount of money that you wager on games. So since I was considered a heavy person because I bet at least a dime on a game, you know, they, they pass your number around, they pass your name around, so you'll get calls. I even get calls now to this day and text with people trying to get me to join their organization for gambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ironic. About four years ago, one of the experts that we are with, I mean, that's on currently with Zico, got my number and was saying that they were good. And me, being the person I am, I say I give him an opportunity. You know, I hear him out and see how well he can do. The first week, the person lost six thousand dollars. Six thousand. If I would have bet the money on his games, I would have lost six thousand dollars on his picks. No, true story. I really did. I would have lost six, but because he was so bad, I faded him and won so much money off of him because he was horrible. I mean, downright horrible. I don't think he knew anything about sports. Actually, he had a good mouthpiece, though, but he didn't know anything about sports. He was so bad, Jake, and this is the truth. This is going to blow your mind. He was so bad that he had had a relationship with another one of our Zico experts. And that person was magnificent. He was good. He had a good system in place and everything. And I had a re- and then as time went on because this other guy was so horrible I end up building a good relationship with the other gentleman and the other gentleman has become one of my best friends in the entire world to this day <laughs> wow and that and that person actually asked me to join Z code because they saw how well I was doing on my own but he and he enlightened me to so many different things as far as sports investing like a lot of times I would buy points say chris you don't have to buy points if you're confident in the game that you chose just put that game out i used to pick 10 games a day said chris why would you do that that's 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 hurting your 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 money if you lose six games you lose win, win four automatically you're gonna be in a loss if you win six games and you lose five it's gonna it's gonna make your your profit small so honestly, I started listening to him in bed two or three games a day. And I mean, it, it doubled my finances with sports investing, doubled it. So he talked me into joining Z code. I did it and I haven't looked back since. And that person, I will say his name is Captain Al. He is amazing. And when oh, I tell wow. you, oh yeah. And when I tell you that he's excellent, he's a great mentor to me. He has been phenomenal. I mean, he is incredible. And the, and the other person that he tried to teach, if he would if he would have just took his time and listened to Al, he would be so much better off now than what he is, really. That's why I say I give Al so much credit to my success because I've I've been I've been blessed with sports investing. I mean, this has been very, very it's been a very, very nice living with it. I'll I'll be honest with you. And I have to give Al a lot of credit for that. And another gentleman that I that I look forward to to talking to all the time is old school. He's phenomenal, phenomenal. He teaches people. He has a lot of good stories, and he can help you in this business. 
him and Al together are, man, are just incredible. They really are. And they've helped me out so, I mean, tremendously in sports and investing, um, especially with Zico. That's given me the platform to show, you know, to show what I really can do. And I, and I love it. You have a great community, a great group of guys there. People should really look into the way and obviously listen to the podcast if they can to really understand of how Sportsal actually analyzes bets, analyzes matches, analyzes different sports. And it's actually truly inspiring. Very, very interesting. Oh, Al is the, I'm telling you, Al is the man. And, and at this time now, I want to take the time out to say, like, Brendan is a person that does well with the sports that he choose to be involved in, which is wonderful. Brendan, Al, old school, in my opinion, one, two, and three, Z code. I don't know how you want to put one in front of the other, but those three are fantastic. I mean, fantastic. And all the people on Zico, especially the newer guys, should definitely take a look at those three. If you take, if, if you follow those three, I mean, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> I'm being serious. Those three are incredible. They are literally the true Z-coders at this stage. Um, I know you've joined the two, in 2019, but I mean, Brandon and Sportsel and Old School, they've been with the community for much longer. Uh, and they've they've been teaching, they've been responding to every person in the same way. You know, the questions can become a bit monotonous. You hear the same question over and over. You, you get a new member and they will ask the same question that's been asked before. And it's it's very common, obviously. You have to understand that this is a new person. They, they're new to the community. They want to learn. They will ask questions. They will ask the same questions that someone else has asked. And old school, you know, people can get a bit annoyed and say, oh, you know, you read this, there's information on the forums. But old school is always a very composed person. He will he will never get angry at anyone. He will always explain thoroughly. And this was the same in the podcast when we did with old school. He was incredible when it comes to how elaborative he can be about a specific thing he wants to talk about he he will get into it talking about with a lot of enthusiasm as well and that's something that it, <laughs> I, I admire in people the enthusiasm for the topic they talk about and that's old school that's it's great that you mentioned these these guys huge respect for them <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i do i, I mean i respect them to the utmost because i mean alan and old school are like teachers and they constantly exactly. teach on, on, on Zico. And that's why a lot of times I try to do the exact same thing. I learn from them. Like I said, they're like mentors. And I try to do the exact same thing. My terminology may be a little different, but it's the same message. And like I say, those guys are phenomenal. Yeah. It's a great comparison to teachers as well. Because, oh, yeah. you know, the teacher can teach a different class every year and they will teach the same thing that they've they've been teaching for the past 10 years or so but they they still love it and that's basically old school and the yeah. rest of the guys yeah so sticking to the community but so moving on a little bit there's a lot of tools that you were exposed to when you became part of zcode um, a lot of those tools obviously have been developed by zlab over the last years which tools are your favorite and which ones do you utilize the most? 
I'll be honest with you. Most, most than any is line reversals. That's been my go-to um, with Z code. And like I said, dealing with Al and old school and their knowledge of things, I just piggyback on what they do. I'll be honest. I, and I, and, but the difference is I always ask them, is it okay? Cause I would never want to be like a copycat or, or, or take over somebody's thing and, and give it, you know, and I take the credit for it. Never. I'll never do that. That's why I always, like I said, I always ask those guys and I follow suit. I follow them, but I ask for permission first. I'll never put anything on the, on the wall as if it's mine. I always give them those guys their credit. I was just about to ask you a question, whether you see yourself more as a follower or do you run your own systems as well at the same time? Oh, I'm definitely a, a leader at, at, at all costs. Definitely. I'm not a follower at all, but in, in that regard, I would always follow guys like Al, mm. Old School, um, Mudrath, Luca, Brendan, The Butcher. I mean, those kind of guys are, are, are I mean, are A1 and A plus to mm. me. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, and while I'm giving shout outs, I have to also say, in addition to them, I have to give Jeremy a shout out, Rob, G-Dog, Cliff, Luca. But one guy that I, I, I definitely take a liking to immediately is a newer person, LJ. He's so respectful. He likes to learn. If he has questions, he acts appropriately. I mean, seriously. That, and that is so, I mean, that's respect. That really is. And, and, I, and I admire him for that. When the younger guys come in and actually want to listen to what people say, got to tip your hat off to them. And G-Dog, I mean, I, I admire him so much because I would always tell people about doing their recaps and, and transparency. G-Dog's recaps are phenomenal. He can lose five games and win two. The next day or that day, he will have his recap up there and explain everything, his percentages and everything. I admire him. He is incredible. Like I said, incredible. G-Dog, I tip my hat off to him for transparency. <laughs> All right. So I actually want to understand how you make your analysis because you seem to take a lot of information from the guys on the Z-Code wall. But I'm sure you, you do your analysis on the site and you are free to mention any sort of websites where you go on to, to find more information on a specific team. <laughs> I, I use cbssports.com. That website tells you everything about every player in any sport and their avail availability, whether it's an illness, injury, personal, whatever. I use that a lot of times. I really do. Because me, I'm more of a guy that goes on to, to get the information that's going to help me out. Like when you look at starting pitchers, uh, I look at how 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 they performed their last game, the game before that, whether it's a night game, during the day, whether it's cold, whether it's sunny, whether it's hot. See, a lot of people don't do that. They just take it for granted that the starting pitcher is who he is and his stats are going to be what they are. No, you have to look deeper into everything and see how this person performs, how they perform in this ballpark, how they perform at home, how they perform away. What's the travel? They got anything going on personal? I look at all of that. The umpires. See, I look at my 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 craft is a little deeper than 
than a lot of people because I look at so many tangibles to find out exactly what's going on with the game. And I only pick like two or three games that interest me, and I put all my attention just on those two and three games. I don't go and look for 10 and 13 games. No, no. You're, that'll drive you crazy. I mean, it would drive me crazy. I'm sorry. Some people, maybe they like doing it like that. Me, I focus on two or three games, study it to the utmost first thing in the morning, and then I make my selection later on in the afternoon. And that's how I do mine. People have no idea what's available. Look it on the computer. Where do you stand on a statistical analysis? If you were to just purely look at numbers without your external analysis, what's your thought on that? Well, see, that's, 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 that's a little tricky because me personally, in order to get that advantage, I think you have to look at the more personal things. I don't think you can just analyze numbers. Numbers is great. And it is, it is. I mean, analytics has, have taken over the taken over the world, especially with sports in general. But you have to still have that knowledge to get that edge. You have to. See, I, I've been lucky, honestly, because I want I run a summer league in, in Ohio, a okay. pro am summer league, and I have a, a high school summer league. So I get to see a lot of these guys grow up and actually make it to college, then go to the to the pros. I have that advantages. I have godsons and relatives that play Division One basketball. I have relatives that coach college basketball. So anything that I gain from them, I use it to my advantage. So I'm saying, and analytics, analytics, analytics can't tell you that. That's that's when that personal knowledge helps, and I use everything to my advantage. I really do. I really do. So I'm actually wondering, have you ever had this? feeling when you wake up and you just basically you feel like an underdog is going to win a specific match and despite the the data despite what you read online you still bet on that team to win have you ever done that to be honest with you i think we all have i think we all have (laughs) sometimes yeah because sometimes the numbers don't don't add up really Looking, looking today is where, especially with, with the thing that's going on now with the pandemic, mm. a lot of things. I mean, if this was not an eye opener to people with sports investing and sports wagering, I don't know what will. Because this tells you, if you can win now, it tells you you are doing quite well in mm. this profession. Because there's so many different variables every single day that you have to deal with, with sports uh, wagering. And that's why I love it. Because I take the time to get that extra information because you need it. You never know what's going to happen. If you just go on the numbers now, you, you, it, that's not going to always work because mm-hmm. the numbers usually have, have, um, have it deals with the starting five, um, your, your, your closers and all that kind of stuff. With the pandemic, you don't even know who's going to be available. You don't. So that's your numbers so are based on yeah. who's available. Yeah, you got to do that extra personal stuff so you can see exactly who's going to be available. And, and the numbers can't tell you that, unfortunately. Yeah. And you don't know how much the teammates have managed to gain weight over the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Maybe yeah. it's just like me. They, they've discovered a specific section in the supermarket with candies that have... Um, not being particularly healthy and <laughs> <laughs> hey, look and look and, and if you, by you saying that look at zion williamson 
honestly. He was definitely out of shape, unfortunately, and it showed. That's why the Pelicans looked poor, you know, coming into the bubble. They were not prepared, and they were depending on him a lot. And you see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very interesting point that you touched on. Obviously, I wanted to get in there eventually, and I think it's a good time to mention it. You know, we, we were discussing having this podcast about perhaps six months ago, yes, something in did. February, and that was around the time yeah. when things were already kicking off, and sadly, the sports were getting cancelled, so we've That's delayed them up until now, and I kind of want to know what you've been doing in that time during the pandemic, and obviously, it's totally fine if you were not doing any sports, because it's, I mean, it's understandable, so... Let tell us exactly what you were up what you were up to during that time. Me personally, I was um, working out a lot, uh, spending a lot of time with my family. I've been blessed in sports investing, so I had a lot of money that I've made. So I've able to, I was able to splurge on on certain things for my family and and children, so we could have a a nice time during the pandemic because the pandemic shut everything down. So we were always at home. So I want to make sure we had activities to to participate in to keep to keep our our minds going watched a lot of movies a lot of movies i still i, I stayed up on top of sports to see when things were going to start opening up but sports mm. did not consume my life like that and that, and that was a good thing sometimes you need to get a break away from sports and i did that like i said a lot of the guys are experts in soccer, European baseball and all that. I stay in my lane. I pick the I, I stick with the the sports that interest me that I do well in. I didn't I didn't venture off to do any um soccer and all those different things. I, I didn't do it. I didn't even think about doing that. I stayed in my lane. I mean hats off to the people that continue to put their wagers in and put their games on Z code. That was I mean I admire those guys. But me personally I stayed away from sports. I viewed the wall, gave congratulatory notes to people. But other than that, I, I, I took a, I took a little hiatus from from sports. Yeah, I really oh, yeah. did. It didn't, it didn't consume my life during that time. It really didn't. Not at all. Right family, family. It was all about family and 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 mental health, staying in shape. I'm a, I'm a big um, person with with sports as far as staying in shape and athletics and stuff like that. So I just took the time to do that. Yeah. All right. Incredible. So you did not delve into sort of the unknown of uh, European football. Well, not whatever was left None of, of it. <laughs> exactly. Not at all. I sure did. I sure did. Yeah. So going out of the whole pandemic, we are back into the what seems to be rather a wide selection of sports again. Mm hmm. Yes, yes. You have all the systems coming back as well. The experts are becoming more active now. Can you yes, tell me are. which systems you follow yourself? Obviously, you mentioned the guys, individuals, but are there any systems that you follow specifically? I, I'll be honest with you. Not really. The only, thing, only systems I follow are the ones that's already been implemented by our and old school and guys like that. I'll be perfectly honest. And that's it. Yeah. I'm not a person that's going to make up stuff and just lie to you about different things. No. If they're doing it, I try to follow them and piggyback and ask for their permission. And that's the way I, and that's the way I move, Jay. I'll be honest. I'm, when it comes, I know a lot of times people say, um, 
Um, um, there's there's no truth with gambling and sports investing. See, I don't consider this gambling. I don't consider myself a gambler. I consider myself a sports investor. And mm. me being and I ha- and I hold myself in high regard. So people that I follow or want to use their systems, I ask for permission because I think that's the appropriate way to do it. I'm 54 years old, so I'm a seasoned veteran. Even though I'm new, I'm newer to Z code. I've been doing this a long time. So I know how customer service is and I'm respectful to people's arts and craft. And you you obviously trust the the years of experience that they have. Oh my goodness, yes. How can you not follow those guys and, and feel <laughs> confident with the with the results they get? I don't know if you get to look at the, their percentages and what they do on the wall, but those guys are incredible. Like I say, Brendan, his his accuracy is second to none. I'm I'm telling you, Brendan is a whiz. Really. <laughs> Yes, and like I said, Al and, and old school, I have to give those guys credit. Butcher, and I, and I keep repeating the names, you know, Mudrack, Luca. I, I tip my hat off the guys, and I get, and I'm I'm respectful. I'm not disrespecting those guys. I I, I love what they're doing, and I admire them. Yeah, and that's and that's why I don't mind giving out shout outs again. Jeremy, Rob, Cliff, you know, I, I mean, those, those are my guys. I follow what they do every single day. I look at what they do. Cause I admire them and I respect them. I really, and at one point, look, I have to say this, Jake, at one point when I first joined, I was hitting 75, 80% accuracy. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, let me see. And I think I, I think I broke the top 40 and I was like, man, I mean, why would I join this community? I'm doing so well, but I'm not benefiting from it. Cause I was getting stuck on the ratings. And then some of the older people told me that, no, Chris, it doesn't have only to do with just winning. It's about, what you bring to the community, teaching, systems, um, likes, and things like that. See, I didn't know yeah. that initially. But as I got, well, like now, I see exactly what it is. And I mean, I've been in the top five and things like that. So now I see. That, that was a teachable and learning moment for me. See, I came in there with the arrogance that, okay, I'm going to just get 80 70%, and I'm going to do well, and I'm going to be like, no. It's about teaching, and that's why I love being a teacher and motivator to the people of, um, of the community, and I love it, and I enjoy it. I, I thrive on the idea of checking the wall and seeing you know, someone doing the most bizarre sports the, <laughs> and, and winning from it. It's incredible. Yeah. Also, I love checking on the American sports. Back in the day, I used to watch NHL at two o'clock in the morning, my time, or three o'clock in the morning. And it's, like, it's because I had this exposure to to so many different things. I was, if somebody was good at something, and I would follow them, it would make me watch the sports as well. Right, a sports right. I'd never had any interest in beforehand, but yeah. as long as I had my money on it, all of a sudden. They became a lot more interesting. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I understand that 100%. Like I said, with Brendan and those guys doing soccer and NHL hockey, I'm like I said, I would never do it, but I watch it because they do, and I see how well they're doing. Yeah. I'm saying that platform, Z Code gives you a platform that's second to none. You all do an amazing job with that, giving people a platform. Mm. And I appreciate it wholeheartedly. Like I said, I'm so happy and gracious and thankful to be a part of a, a nice community all right i think it's uh, this conversation has been productive for the two of us i i oh, it's been amazing it. i'm just really happy that you know you're safe you're you, you managed to spend a lot of time with your family and uh, you you emphasize on how important that is for you as well yes so great conversation thank you so much chris thank I, you for I having me 
you for listening to our Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.